Welcome to The Light Within, a podcast for anyone seeking to rewrite their life, live in their light, and align with their soul's highest purpose. I'm Leslie Draffin. Join me as we explore spirituality, sexuality, wellness, and the magical world around us. Hello, beautiful beings, and thank you so much for joining me for this episode of The Light Within. Today's guest is Kayleen Elise, and she is an intuition coach. I was first introduced to Kayleen's work through a podcast called That's Pretty Woo. Now, she and her co-host haven't been recording that since the pandemic started, but Kayleen did start her own podcast, Celebrate Cultivate, about all things intuition and living in alignment, and it is just absolutely amazing, so I highly suggest suggest you guys checking that out. Now in this episode, Kayleen and I talk about the biggest blocks to intuition and how you can connect to your intuition. We talk about what it even means to be an intuition coach because I for one hadn't ever really thought about that even being a thing that existed. We talk about tools to connect with intuition and how you can decipher between intuition and ego and fear. She also talks about how you can take action to live in alignment with intuition and how intuition can help you make choices in your life. Also, how intuition can relate to relationships. Finally, we speak a lot about rest and how you have to slow down sometimes to really hear your intuition. Like I mentioned, Kayleen is an intuition coach and a podcast host who's here to help you listen to your intuition, trust your inner wisdom, and take inspired action. She believes working with a coach should feel good because life is stressful enough already. Kayleen helps her clients grow in alignment and expand with ease. On her podcast, Celebrate Cultivate, she shares deep breaths and ideas for appreciating the magic in everyday life. Kayleen lives in Austin, Texas, just a little south of me, so it felt really cool to have this conversation with her. She lives there with her husband and their two young children, and like you'll hear her mention, she is pregnant with baby number three. So please join me in welcoming Kayleen Elise to the Light Within podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks, Leslie. I'm so excited to be here. I am very excited. as as well, because I have listened to your podcasts for years. So I'm thrilled to have you on mine. So thank you so much. The first question I like to ask is what ignites your light within? I mean, what a question. First of all, that is like a beautiful question. I think for me, there's a lot of things that light me up. But at the end of the day, it's this desire for inspiration and connection and just a deep curiosity that kind of keeps me going. And finding the magic and sparkle in everyday life, like there are so many themes within me that I've tried to like get away from at different phases of my life thinking that it was like too woo or whatever. And I look back and those are the things that have always been with me. So as a mother watching my children light up, like that lights me up. Or as a writer, like connecting beautiful words together. As a coach, like seeing someone else's light shine, just finding those sparks of life along our paths. I think that's the thing for me. Mm, I love that. So for those folks who maybe aren't familiar with your work, can you just introduce yourself, talk about the work you do, kind of what you're birthing into the world right now? Yeah. So 
funny you should say birthing into the world <laughs> because I don't typically lead with um, <laughs> like personal details when somebody asks what I'm doing, but I am uh, in my third trimester. I'm eight months pregnant, so I'm about to birth another baby into the world. I'm a mom of two right now, so I'll have three here pretty soon. And for work, I'm an intuition coach. So what that means is I help people connect to their intuition, hear it, trust it, take action from it. And I do that in one-on-one -on -one coaching, in group coaching. I host somewhat seasonally, though I'm hoping in the future even more seasonally, virtual retreats and maybe someday in-person retreats where we focus on particular topics through the seasons because connecting to your intuition, connecting to inspiration and intention isn't really something that you can just do one time and you're done. Mm -hmm. One time is great, it's helpful, but I've come to realize that just like the seasons change and shift, we change and shift. And there's themes that kind of repeat themselves over and over again in our lives, just like autumn always shows up. Mm -hmm. Different, you know, different weather patterns and that sort of thing. But we've been here before. We are going to come here again. So what can we do to connect to our intuition, our truth, shed the things that are no longer serving us? and step into what we really desire in life. That's what I'm here to do. And why do you think it's so important to have an intuition coach or to be an intuition coach? Well, I haven't been an intuition coach my whole life. <laughs> so, you know, I think it's important, but I don't think it's like the only thing. I think ultimately we all have an intuition. And so being able to connect to that, learning how to trust it, that is huge if you are looking for a sense of connection to your purpose in life and a sense of satisfaction with what you do. So often I've seen in my own life and in my clients' lives that we reach goals and we achieve things and we don't feel the satisfaction that we thought we would. Mm -hmm. And ultimately I've come to believe that that's because we're not connected to our truth, our intuition, our highest self, whatever you want to call it. So when we're doing things because it's out of following a path, somebody else's desires, you know, all of that is stuff that we all experience and do. That's kind of how we learn how to navigate life, but ultimately learning how to do it from a place of inner wisdom will give you so much more peace and satisfaction. At, I already said that, but mm -hmm. in the long run. And so deciding to hire an intuition coach, a lot of my clients have come to that crossroads because they've hit certain benchmarks, so to speak, in life, and then realize like, oh, well, what's next? You know, mm -hmm. like I've achieved this much in my career. I've got the family now, or I've got the solid relationship, whatever it is. I've traveled the world. What now? And so that's a great time to kind of come in and do a little bit of inner work and really connect to, yeah, what now? Like, what do you really want? And what do you think are some of the biggest blocks of people actually connecting to intuition? Fear is definitely mm. a huge one. I mean, we have, a, most people have very high functioning, loud voices in their minds that mm -hmm. are trying to protect them from 
other people judging them, from actual danger, from perceived danger, all sorts of things. So we kind of all live with this baseline level of fear. And it's hard to determine for a lot of people what is fear and what is intuition, Mm -hmm. what's trying to keep me safe and what's driving me forward. Because our interpretation of that in the physical body can be very similar. It can feel nervous. It can, you know, be excited. And that line, it can be really thin when you haven't spent time figuring out what it is for you. So fear is a big one. And then I just think also one that I've personally identified as like a theme in my life and something a lot of my clients mention, which is tangentially associated with fear, is just this like not wanting to assume ultimate responsibility for our lives (laughs) and being worried that we're going to make the wrong choice. And it's just so much easier to like do what's proven and what you can see other people do and what your mom did or whatever the case may be, what your best friend did, what your mentor did. It's just, it calms the mind in a way, reassures you that like, you're going to be okay if you do something that somebody else already did. Mm -hmm. But ultimately like our essence wants to be us, not somebody else. Mm. And I love that you mentioned that fear is such a big block to intuition because I'd love to hear how you would suggest somebody decipher the difference between intuition, fear, even ego. Yeah. So I really love playing with intuition, playing with it, like making this something that you enjoy and that feels good and light and fun. I don't personally believe that all personal development and growth needs to be this like arduous, painful thing. Like I want coaching to feel fun and good. And that's not to say that there aren't challenges along the way and there isn't discomfort as we're transforming, but life is hard enough. Life is painful enough. And oftentimes we make it even worse on ourselves. So when learning how to discern between fear and intuition, like let's talk about picking out your nail polish color. Let's talk about like tuning into what you want to wear that day or what you should have for dinner. Just these little tiny low stakes practices where you can have, when you have a decision in front of you and then you can pause, breathe, check in with yourself and say, what do I want? What do I need right now? And then listen. That's the other thing. We like jump in and try to finish our own sentence with what we think we should have the answer to instead of really, really listening to our intuition. And that just takes practice. But Mm. starting small and starting on little things is one of my favorite tricks. Yeah, I love that. And I feel like when you mentioned about the food thing, for me, coming uh, from being someone who has had years and years of eating disorder and disordered eating, the food thing is now one of the biggest tools that I've been able to use to try to connect with intuition. Because I think when you go through things like that, it shuts down your um, connection with your body. And then I think it shuts down your ability to connect with intuition. So now that's really my biggest practice is just trying to figure out, okay, what do you really want what do you want <laughs> and mm-hmm. and yeah so i love that you you mentioned those things are there any other tools that you suggest for for connecting with intuition i really loved the 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 very simple ones you just said 
Yeah. And, you know, to your point, perhaps food wouldn't have been like the first thing that you would have chosen given right. your history, right? That isn't necessarily low stakes, but everybody has something that is low stakes that you can reach for that just feels even so silly and so light and easy. Like what, what should I watch on TV right now mm -hmm. that can ease you into it? A few other practices I really like are journaling. I love journaling and my style, the way that I do it, isn't necessarily like, dear diary, this is what happened today, which feels like I'm always catching up on things. <laughs> like mm -hmm. that's exhausting to my mind. So the way I journal is I usually set a timer just for eight minutes, something very achievable, reachable, like everybody's got eight minutes every so often. You don't even have to do it daily, but just let the words kind of pour out mm -hmm. and you can ask questions if you want, but really it's just an, a practice in listening and having a conversation with yourself that is not distracted, not taking in a lot of input. When you're writing, when there's pen to paper, there's a physical connection, there's something to do with your body. Mm -hmm. And then you can also just let that mind kind of melt away and see what comes through. So that's something that I do pretty often. And I personally don't have a super awesome meditation practice at the moment, but meditation can be something that's great for people in terms of slowing down the mind and being able to watch the thoughts. So it isn't necessarily about having no thoughts, mm -hmm. but it's more just recognizing that you aren't your thoughts and that thoughts can come and go just like the weather and you're still you and what is lower than that. Um, so for me right now, meditation looks like going for walks. It's like getting in the bathtub or taking a shower anytime where I can kind of isolate myself from the inputs of the world and then just letting things melt away and just connecting to what's there, not judging it, but just being as gentle and soft with myself as possible. And I think as you start to unravel that connection of like my busy mind and what is lower than that and recognizing that you're both of those things, your busy mind that's telling you all the things that you need to get done. And then the quiet stillness within you're also that, that really helps distinguish between fear and intuition because fear oftentimes does feel busy and frantic and like, you got to make a decision right now. And Da, 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 da. like it's got this like intensity to it whereas your intuition often will feel calm quiet smooth gentle and so sometimes it's easier to listen to fear because she's mm -hmm. like screaming at you yeah. and intuition's like it'll be fine <laughs> you don't you can't make a wrong choice here and you're like what do you mean i have to make the right choice so it's it's being able to see that you're both of those things but you're not all of it mm. I love that you mentioned the writing thing too. I think you're one of several guests I've had who talked about um, about that. Some folks call it morning pages um, from the mm -hmm. artist way. And I like that you put the timer on it because sometimes it feels like filling up all those pieces of paper is almost a a hurdle that I mentally can't get over. And I think if you even just start at two minutes or three minutes of brain dumping all that crap out of your head, then that could be really, really beneficial. Yes, I try to, in every way possible, whenever I can, just make things a little bit easier, a little bit gentler on myself and my clients, because ultimately, 
you know, we've got so much on our shoulders and on our plate. So how can we take the pressure off? And if doing, you know, filling up three pages is making you feel like you can't do it, then isn't it better to just write a paragraph and be done with it? Yeah, absolutely. And you kind of mentioned this or hinted at this, especially when you were saying about your meditation practice, like maybe it's walking, maybe it's bathing. How much does rest play a part in listening and hearing your intuition? Rest is the unsung hero of a lot of this self-healing work. There is so much that we don't know about what happens when we sleep and when we are physically still scientifically, we don't know. And then definitely like an average person who is just taking in what we've learned along the way, it's just, it's one of those things where we are, we are taught that rest is lazy and it's bad Mm -hmm. and that we need to be in constant movement. And so when you're in constant movement, you're not able to receive messages. You are turned off from your intuition. It is very hard to make connections and integrate wisdom when you are going from one thing to another, to another, to another. So there are periods of of life and whole phases of life where rest may not be very accessible. Um, I'm about to enter into one of those right now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, you know, it's, Rest is super duper important. Beating yourself up about not being able to rest is even worse than not being able to rest. But doing whatever you can, however you can, to find pockets and spaces of time where you are still, where you're quiet, where you're prioritizing sleep, that will show you returns over time, but it isn't an overnight thing. Mm. So it's really tricky because you wake up and you're like, okay. I slept. But what what did I get from that? You can't really see it. Um, So it's, it's trusting that things are happening, even when you're not making them happen, which is something I think that we all could practice more of is just trusting that we don't have to do it all Mm -hmm. for it to get done. Absolutely. And I think what I witnessed in the pandemic, and I'm wondering if you saw the same thing, is folks were forced to not do so much. And whether you call that rest or just slowing down, I know for myself, you know, there weren't places to go, especially when the gyms were closed, because that's always something that I've told myself I should be doing. And if I don't do it, then I feel bad. When they were closed, I had some of my best workouts because I intuitively was using, you know, some dumbbells from my house or whatever. And that's just one example of of having to rearrange, you know, the busy schedule in my mind. But more so than that, like not being able to see folks meant that I spent more time by myself and not, you know, I went into the office all the time, but no one else did. And so the office was way cool, like way chiller and not so much stress. So when we're coming back into this phase where we're at now, a lot of folks are going back into the office. You know, how do you think that we can align what we learned, which is, you know, rest is valid and important, at least for me to beat burnout, it was essential. How can we align the rest that we need with the action that we know we have to take as well? Yeah, it's really tricky. And I would say like, as we're embarking on this phase of, coming back to things and being social and being in the office again and having so much interaction from when we hadn't a year ago, Mm -hmm. 
being so gentle and compassionate with ourselves and understanding that we're going to swing on that pendulum. Like you are going to overdo it. <laughs> and then you're going to be like, oh, I overdid it. And now I need to get down and just be down for a little while and kind of riding that wave and understanding that that's just like a natural settling of where is your baseline. And as you're identifying that, this is a perfect opportunity to build in some practices and some boundaries where you're checking in with yourself. Do I really need to say yes to this? Do I want to say yes to this? Well, what would it look like if I carved out time just for me? And if I made this a priority instead? So, you know, it's sort of like, but not at all like when you come back from vacation. Because <laughs> let's just be honest, this last year was definitely not vacation. But there's something that happens where I have found um, traveling before where I'll like you're walking so much more and you don't have to do laundry. And so you're like, wow, I want to bring the way I feel right now. I want to bring that back to my everyday life and then crash. You come back into your everyday life and you're just back in your everyday life. Mm -hmm. Like you don't go for walks. You are not on top of your laundry and you're like, how, why can't I do that? And it's just making incremental tiny changes maybe going for a walk once a week and then twice a week and maybe playing like your favorite Paris playlist because that makes you think of walking around in mm -hmm. Paris. So doing things to kind of entice yourself, make it feel more aligning to treat yourself in that rest so that when you're saying no to something with work or socially or whatever, you're also reconnecting to like why it mattered to you to rest in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think, I'm sure you hope, but do you think that as a collective, we might shift slightly into thinking, all right, we have to prioritize mental health, prioritizing rest, prioritizing, you know, not doing so much after the year and a half we have, or do you think it's going to go just like right back to being busy is the valued way of living. I mean, for me, I feel like in my industry, because I'm a news anchor, there were people who were working from home. So I think that was much more in alignment with like how they could have a work-life balance. But then the exact opposite was true as well, right? So everything blended together. There were other industries, I think, that you saw even more stress. But then I know there are people out there who experienced more rest last year. Do you think that that might trickle into, you know, the collective as a whole or, or are you not that, you know, positively outlooked when it comes to it? <laughs> I hope, right? Yeah. I mean, it's a loaded question and we don't have a crystal ball, so there's right. no way to know. And I think for a lot of people, this doesn't feel done. So it sort of feels like we're in a new phase, but we don't know what the fall is going to bring. And for so many people, you know, their children and them being in the house and getting them out of the house and them not being vaccinated and all these different data points, it's still a huge burden of stress on people's shoulders. Um, though I will say, you know, being vaccinated has totally changed a lot for other people. So it's kind of this weird place where we've been in now for the last year and a half where everybody's kind of in a different situation. But then you're right, we are experiencing this as a collective. I have a hard time seeing it not impact us all together in ways 
for a long period of time. Mm -hmm. Like this is a huge historical event that continues to unfold that we're living through. And I think for some people, it has been a time of spiritual awakening of, you know, like you mentioned, mental health and realizing that this is something that we need to prioritize, not even just mental health, but physical health. This has been a physical thing that has happened to us as humanity. And so realizing that there is so much that we can do to take care of ourselves and take care of each other. And what, what are our priorities at the end of the day? And I think that it can be super overwhelming when you like try to wrap your arms around that. And that's one of the reasons why connecting to intuition and using that as a resource has been so helpful for me and the people I work with is that there is a calm stillness and knowing that comes from identifying your your priorities in the moment Mm -hmm. and in the long run and being able to say, okay, well, this is what's really important to me right now. I'm going to trust that and the rest of it we'll figure out. Mm -hmm. along the way. Um, Because I think we as a collective also really desire like answers and definitive answers. And for a long time now, it's just been like, well, we'll have to see. Mm -hmm. And that's super uncomfortable for the mind. But it's not actually that uncomfortable for the intuition Mm -hmm. and for our higher selves and for like our spiritual connection, because all that exists is right now. Mm -hmm. And being able to really know that and trust that gives you a sense of peace that is much needed in these times, especially. Mm. Yeah, I love that. How can we, you know, try to find alignment in all of these things in other areas of life? You know, maybe how it's going to play out into our families or our friend dynamics. Yeah, I mean, alignment is such a, it's so interesting. I'm, I'm currently doing a group coaching program called Summer and Flow. And last week's theme was alignment. And it was even interesting to like get what everybody's opinions and personal definitions of alignment were because <laughs> there was a wide range. Mm-hmm. Some people thought that alignment was the things you're supposed to be doing, like drinking enough water. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, that's not in alignment unless you feel really good about drinking enough water. And if not, like, let's start there and figure out ways that you get to choose how much is enough water and it's aligning to you. So I think something that a lot of people crave when they're on this kind of spiritual journey, personal development, growth path is having alignment within yourself as yourself in all of the different buckets of your life. That is something that so many people struggle with. And truth be told, I don't really think that it's something that you just get Mm. on on a first pass. Like start with yourself, start in the quiet spaces of your life, find connection, alignment, and truth when it's easy and accessible for you. And then do what you can, when you can to spread that gently into the different pockets of your life and be patient with it, be gentle with it and know that it doesn't happen in a vacuum. So certain people are going to trigger you and certain people are going to teach you and other people, you might just need to watch how your enthusiasm may or may not match their enthusiasm. So instead of like going guns blazing, with a certain, like if you're really into meditation all of a sudden and you really want to tell everybody like 
watch for how that flows for you and watch for the interactions that feel really good and supportive. Lean into those and then just kind of piece by piece work on it, I think, as opposed to like trying to get it all in alignment all at the same time. Yeah, I absolutely identify with whatever, whoever that woman was, because as a type A personality, when I first started my spiritual journey in 2019, I was like, all right, I got to do this, 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 this every morning. And for the first couple of months, it really worked. Right. But I would end up spending, you know, like an hour, hour and a half doing all the things, right. Meditating, journaling, um, breath work, listening to a podcast that felt in alignment, reading, and then that shit was like, ah, no, ma'am, like you, this is too much. <laughs> and what I have had to learn is kind of what you're saying, like, what does feel good? Get out of your mind, the shoulds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When alignment becomes a project, when it becomes the thing that you have to do, that's an opportunity for you to kind of dive a little bit deeper below the surface and identify, like, have you just taken one of your type A or perfectionist tendencies and now spread it into this. Also totally natural, normal, like that happens. Like I said, we swing on these pendulums back and forth where then you crash into the wall and you're like, oh, okay, I did too much. That was that was like 57 things that I had to get done in the morning before I start my day. That's not good for me. But you learn through that process, what are the things as that pendulum swings the other way and you're like, I can't do any of it now because I'm sick of all Mm -hmm. of it. What are the things that remain over time? What are the, that's why, you know, just breathing for a minute, like literally setting a timer for one minute and just connecting to your breath can bring you a sense of centeredness that is so accessible and you don't have to do it every single day. But when you're feeling like, okay, I need something like that's something that you can reach for. So there's, you can make it as small as possible. And I think that that really helps make alignment accessible over the long run, which is really what you want. You don't want to have to be bouncing back and forth constantly. Um, But you might for a while and that's okay too. Yeah, absolutely. So when you do hear your intuition calling and feeling like it's telling you something, How do you suggest folks take action in that? Yeah, I think that's one of the reasons why journaling is really helpful is because sometimes like being able to write down what you're receiving or what you're feeling or what you're seeing can be really helpful. Or like in a client session with me, um, I record the sessions so that the client can listen to it later on from just like pure mind standpoint, not in a meditative state. So they can like take notes and see like what is actionable from this. And I think the thing to do is to Again, just figure out what feels good right now. What do I want to do? And how can I build on that and trust along the way? That means that you might be feeling nervous or uncomfortable and really trying to identify what is like a physiological response and what is just, you know, totally made up in our minds, which is hard to do. But if you're feeling nervous getting on stage or getting ready to talk or have a hard conversation, that's a perfectly normal physiological response. Like we're going to feel nervous when we're doing something new or trying something out for the first time. And so then just as you're taking those action steps, 
soothing yourself, really recognizing that you have a nervous system that you get to take care of in this life with a body. And so what can you do to take care, breathe, drink water, get enough sleep, like do those basic things, which really are huge challenges for most people. So it's kind of funny to call them basics. <laughs> but how can you care for yourself as you're taking action? Because doing what you've never done before or doing something that you know you need to do, but you're feeling fear around it. All of that needs a tenderness that we don't often grant ourselves. Mm -hmm. When it comes to people in relationships and one person is, you know, trying to learn to connect with their intuition and maybe the other person isn't really there. Do you have mm -hmm. conversations between both partners? I mean, especially if it's something where one partner's feeling like, you know, theirs is leading them in one direction and the other partner's going the other way. And, you know, you kind of said in the beginning, the simple things like pick your nail polish, pick what you're going to wear. But if you have more, you know, life altering things that your intuition's telling yeah. you, like, how do you um, speak out about those with that person? Yeah, I think that that's like one of the biggest questions that people have is like, well, what if my intuition tells me to do something that like is going to blow up my life? <laughs> and it's like, well, your intuition is you and you really don't want to blow up your life until you want to blow up your life. And so there are times in your life where you're like, I got to make this huge change. And if you look back in the history of your life, everybody has these pivotal moments where you knew you had to do something and you did it. And it might have meant closing doors, you know, crossing bridges, burning bridges, all of that stuff. But ultimately, if you look at the evidence, it served and supported you if you did it in alignment, if you trusted your intuition. And I think I think everybody has times where they can look back and say, I listened to my intuition that brought me here. Mm -hmm. So that's helpful to know when you're starting to feel nervous about something that you feel like your intuition's telling you is that you've never led yourself astray before. You can trust yourself. And if it is in pure alignment with you, it's going to be in alignment with the universe. And it may be a hard conversation. It may be a really, really tough decision that may impact other people. But ultimately, it's going to serve the best and highest for you and for others. And you don't have to make those changes and decisions in a quick manner. You can receive that information and sit with it and wait. And I think to kind of answer a question you didn't totally ask, which is like, what if my partner's not into this stuff or whatever? I mean, my husband, it's like we speak two different languages a lot of times when it comes to this stuff. So I don't. There, there's kind of that ideal out there that you and your partner are going to like meditate together and do all of these things together. And that's beautiful and amazing when that happens. I don't think it's the only way to be on this path and live this way. And sometimes it can be really nice that my husband cares about his spreadsheets and golf and like very quote unquote basic normal things. And I'm into this whole other thing. We, ex we respect each other and we appreciate each other, but I'm not, I'm personally not in a partnership where I'm like, well, what, what did your intuition say about that? I'll ask in other ways, you know, I'll be like, well, what, what's your gut tell you? You know, and like, just kind of like try to nudge him into tuning into that. But by no means am I trying to make it something where we're like, 
doing this together <laughs> because we're not there, you know, and that's okay. You're not pulling Oracle cards or tarot cards for him in the morning to like help him know what days no. ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have read his tarot once and it was like dead on. And he's come with me to get our aura portraits taken before. So like he'll play along and it's fun and interesting when it aligns, but I think that we came, we have very different paths and I think that we have different views, uh, like actual lenses that we see the world through are different. And so sometimes that creates challenge and conflict that we have to work through. But ultimately, like each of us as individuals are navigating this life on our own. The only person that you are with your whole life is you. So that relationship with yourself is something that I encourage people to prioritize. And when you can really take care of that, the other relationships in your life just have a way of having the edges, the rough edges smoothed out by no action of your own or other people. It's as if you cultivating that relationship with yourself just makes you better. And so then it makes your relationship so much easier. Mm, I love that. How can people work with you? Um, I know you have a couple podcasts or a podcast as well that they can listen to. Yeah. Yeah. So I had, I did have another podcast. Did you listen to that? It's pretty woo. Is that why you're saying? That's what I listened to in the beginning of my like spiritual journey. It was great. And the fact that you guys were down in Austin and I'm just a little bit North. I was like, Oh heck yes. Like they felt like y'all felt like my little sisters, like my spiritual woo sisters. So I loved that podcast. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So you can listen to all the archives from that's pretty woo. We haven't recorded a new episode since the pandemic started. Um, and went in that time frame, I really just loved the podcast scene life and lifestyle. And I was like, oh, I just need to keep a podcast going. So I started the Celebrate Cultivate podcast, which now has weekly episodes with me and I have interviews. And it's really about connecting to your intuition, to inspiration, to intention, celebrating the good in life and cultivating more of what you want. So you can find me at KayleenElise.com and search for Celebrate Cultivate on your podcast app and find that there. And then working with me, I am, I have a wait list for my seasonal retreats and for one-on-one -on -one coaching that you can sign up for at KayleenElise.com. I'm not currently accepting new clients because I'm about to have a new baby, but I definitely will have new things on the horizon. And I have a um, manifesting freebie. So if you are looking to get into manifesting, definitely come to KayleenElise.com and sign up for that. It's an email course that's totally free that will walk you through the phases of manifesting in alignment with your intuition. So it's a great place to start if that's something you're curious about or this often happens to me where I'll be like, gosh, I really need to get back to manifesting because I've kind of been sleeping on it. Like it come again, like the pendulum, it comes in phases and it kind of swings back and forth. And so if, if you've been you know, awesome at manifesting parking spots before, but you haven't had a good one in a while, it's a good thing to try. <laughs> I love that. And anything else that you want to share that I didn't ask you about that you just feel called to talk about? 
No, this has been so, so wonderful. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm looking forward to connecting with your community. I am on Instagram, of course, um, more than I would like to admit. So if you're interested in connecting with me, that's a great, great place to find me as well. And I'll put all of those links in the show notes. Kayleen, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Leslie. Appreciate it. Well, I hope you loved that conversation with Kayleen as much as I did. Remember, you can always check out her podcast, Celebrate Cultivate, as well as her Instagram and website. I'll put all those links in the show notes below, as well as that manifesting freebie she mentioned. You can also connect with me on Instagram at Leslie Draffin and at the Light Within Podcast. And if you have a question or if there's someone you'd love to hear on the show, send me an email at thelightwithinpodcast at gmail.com. The best way for you to support the podcast is by downloading episodes, rating, reviewing, and sharing them with someone you love. Remember, there's no light without darkness, but there's no darkness without light. I'll see you next time.